and welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the 31st Sunday in Ordinary Time. A reading from the book of Deuteronomy. Moses spoke to the people, saying, Fear the Lord your God, and keep throughout the days of your lives all his statutes and commandments which I enjoin on you, and thus have long life. Hear then Israel, and be careful to observe them, that you may grow and prosper the more, in keeping with the promise of the Lord, the God of your fathers, to give you a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Therefore you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your strength. Take to heart these words which I enjoin on you today. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm. I love you, O Lord, my strength. I love you, O Lord, my strength. I love you, O Lord, my strength. O Lord, my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. I love you, O Lord, my strength. My God, my rock of refuge, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I love you, O Lord, my strength. Praise be the Lord, I exclaim, and I am safe from my enemies. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord lives, and blessed be my rock. Extolled be God, my Savior, you who gave great victories to your king and showed your kindness to your anointed. I love you, O Lord, my strength. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Brothers and sisters, the Levitical priests were many because they were prevented by death from remaining in office, but Jesus, because he remains forever, has a priesthood that does not pass away. Therefore, he is always able to save those who approach God through him, since he lives forever to make intercession for them. It was fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners, higher than the heavens. He has no need, as did the high priests, to offer sacrifice day after day, first for his own sins and then for those of the people. He did that once and for all when he offered himself. For the law appoints men subject to weakness to be high priests, but the word of the oath, which was taken after the law, appoints a son who has been made perfect forever. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. One of the scribes came to Jesus and asked him, Which is the first of all the commandments? Jesus replied, The first is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. The scribe said to him, Well said, teacher, you are right in saying he is one and there is no other than he, and to love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is worth more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered with understanding, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. 
and no one dared to ask him any more questions. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. On this 31st Sunday in Ordinary Time, I once again want to thank Aaron for proclaiming the scriptures with me today, and uh, Carla has the week off. Uh, And a reminder, we are still podcasting. Please go to your favorite app, type in Sunday Commentary Mater Day, and follow us. Take us wherever you go. We would really appreciate that. Um, This weekend, we're celebrating All Hallows' Eve, uh, of course, better known as Halloween. It's become... um, obviously a secularized holiday these days, but I really want to encourage folks to find a way to weave our faith into the festivities, whether it's your children dressing up like saints, um, whether you attach some scripture verses or holy cards to the candy you hand out, even even just a simple God bless you as the trick-or-treaters leave. There, there are many ways that we can remember All Hallows' Eve because, of course, it is the eve of All Saints' Day. Uh, All Saints' Day, November 1st, is dedicated to all of the saints of the church that who have attained heaven. But uh, certainly I hope that there is an endless sea of saints in heaven right now, but we will on, uh, on this All Saints Day tend to focus on known saints or those who are recognized in the canon of the saints by the Catholic Church. Um, all Saints Day was formally started by Pope Boniface IV um, back in about 609 AD. And... Um, it by November first, uh, that date was actually codified by Pope Gregory the Third in the mid eighth century. So a wonderful celebration from antiquity, and of course on this on the next day we have All Souls Day, and that is the commemoration of all the faithful departed. Um, the theological basis for this is the fact that souls, when departing from the body, may not be perfectly cleansed from venial sins or have fully atoned for all their past transgressions and unable to obtain the beatific vision. So we on earth, we faithful, um, can help them by prayers and alms and especially by the sacrifice of the Mass on November the 2nd. November the 2nd, although this is an off year, uh, there are some elections going on November the 2nd, I think mainly in the East Coast for governors. Uh, there are some state legislators. And and I think, again, in this polarized society, um, it would be good to kind of read this. This actually is a book from the history of the United States. This was back in 1832. And, and I think this is good to reflect on as we have this uh, election um, date on us again. It says here, when you become entitled to exercise the right of voting for public officers, Let it be impressed on your mind that God commands you to choose for rulers just men who rule in the fear of God. The preservation of government depends on this faithful discharge of this duty. If the citizens neglect their duty and place unprincipled men in office, the government will soon be corrupted. And how true we might see that in our society and in the world today. (laughs) But let's go ahead and move to our readings today. I love this sentence in here. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is Lord alone. That, of course, is the great Shema from the the Jews, the Israelites. And that is actually based on three different uh, scripture verses. It is the oldest fixed daily prayer in, in Judaism, and it gets its components from the first part being from Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 9. Uh, that's really the best known and most fundamental expression of Jewish belief. The Shema Yisrael, hear Israel. Um, 
The second part comes from Deuteronomy chapter 11. Uh, This is verses 13 through 21. And it really repeats a lot of the themes from the first part of Deuteronomy 6, but also adds promises of rewards and punishments. And then finally, the third part of the Shema, it comes from Numbers 15, verses 37 through 41. And it talks about the sitsits or the fringes that are traditionally worn, like maybe a string around the finger as a reminder for the commandments. Uh, it might be tassels, maybe at the corners of their garments. But it is to remind or fulfill the mitzvah or the, or the uh, law to remember the exodus from Egypt every day of their lives. And quite frankly, this is a beautiful prayer that we need to follow. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is Lord alone. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and take these words to heart, which I enjoin you today. I mean, this really cuts down to, I think, the most fundamental belief, the the brass tacks, so to speak, of the Jews and us as Catholic Christians, something that sets them apart and something that sets us apart today. God wants us all in to love him with everything that we've got. What a beautiful reading from Deuteronomy that we have today. Moving on to the second reading, I love how this talks about in Hebrews, how Christ, because he remains forever, has a priesthood that does not pass away. We see that Christ instituted the Christian priesthood at the Last Supper to be a visible sign in the world. And we have that, of course, that one eternal accomplishment through Christ's sacrifice on Calvary. But we also have the application of that salvation every mass we partake in. It says here in the Catechism in 1366, the Eucharist is thus a sacrifice because it represents or makes present the sacrifice on the cross and also because it is a memorial and because it applies its fruit. And and I love the time in the Mass when we say, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and I shall be healed. How beautiful that piece, how to apply his one accomplishment onto us during the Mass. That is a beautiful piece. And also, it says here in the second reading, it's fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners and higher than the heavens. Of course, that is Christ, and he gives his authority to the bishops and the priests. And, uh, you know, I thought this might be a good time to talk about, you know, the sanctity of the priest and how we need to continue to pray for the sanctity of our bishops and our priests and the reason why they actually embrace the discipline of celibacy. Again, it's not a doctrine. It's something that's a discipline, but it has been a discipline through the history of our church. It actually started back in the Council of Carthage in AD 390. Uh, There were uh, 12 disciplinary canons back then, one of which applied to clerical continence, continence. And what happened is, When we got to the Council of Trent, this Council of Carthage was referred to in the Council of Trent. And there was a bishop, Genethelius, who presided over the the Carthage Council. And this is what he wrote back in 390. And this is what Pius IV in the Council of Trent referred to back to this text. It says this, As was previously said, it is fitting that the holy bishops and priests of God, as well as the Levites, i.e. those who are in the service of the divine sacraments, observe perfect continence so that they may obtain in all simplicity what they are asking from God, what the apostles taught and what antiquity itself observed, let us also endeavor to keep. 
What a beautiful discipline that they, our priests, embrace when they receive that sacrament of the holy orders. And how important it is for us to pray that they remain holy and undefiled, that they may remain a, a true and virtuous mediator between God and man for us. We finish in the gospel today with actually a friendly interaction between the scribes and Jesus. And the, and the scribe asks, which is the first of all the commandments? And Christ replied to fulfill what we saw in uh, the first reading today. Hear, O Israel, the great Shema. The Lord our God is Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And then Jesus offers more than he has asked. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. What a beautiful summary, really, of the entire Old Testament. And that love of God brings us the desire to love our neighbor. And then the scribe answers, you know what? <laughs> what you're saying is worth more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. And sometimes this is misunderstood by our Protestant brothers and sisters. And this often goes back to Psalm 51, where it says, for you do not desire sacrifice or I would give it. A burnt offering you would not accept. My sacrifice, O God, is a contrite spirit. So we see that often as, see, God is not asking for a sacrifice. But yet if you read a few verses later, then you see, then you will desire the sacrifices of the just, burnt offerings and whole offerings. Then they will offer up young bulls on your altar. So what's the deal here? Does he offer Does he want or does he not want sacrifices? God does not want empty sacrifices. What he want, desires is a contrite and humble heart. Then he will accept our sacrifices. That is so key. And that is what the point of this gospel is, is to love our God with all our heart, our soul, and all our mind and all our strength. And then our sacrifices will be acceptable to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. <laughs>